Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, welcome to Inverse. My name's Justin, and we are in the studio, and we're super excited to talk about Jesus and the Bible and the topic that we are in, in this 13-arc uh, time frame that we're in, is on the topic of Jesus and liberty. We want to encourage you to go to hopetv.org slash inverse, and you can look at the previous two episodes that we looked at religious liberty principles in the four Gospels. And this uh, episode, we're looking at how to deal with those who disagree with you, dissenters. So in the studio, we have Jonathan, and we got Siku, and we have the lovely Israel. Hello, hello you all. And we're going to have a word of prayer, and we'll get into Matthew chapter 13. Jonathan, can you pray for us? Sure. To our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study the Word again. I pray that your Spirit will lead us, guide us, teach us, and direct us, but not just us, but everyone watching, listening as well. Lord, we want to know you better. We want to know you more. And so we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, I really appreciate studying the Bible with you guys. Uh, I'm going to say this to all of you out there that we do have preliminary discussions about some of these episodes, but we actually don't study like in depth and then, and then talk about verbatim what we talked about on the recording. Uh, we actually come to scripture live and then there's some, there's insights that we come up with mm. that, um, that from scripture that are really powerful. I think with this topic, there was a temptation that I was afraid of that, oh man, we're going to maybe impose, not, well, not impose, but bring up personal politics. And it, but so far in the last two episodes, so far, it could still happen, I guess. Um, I just, there's some really cool Jesus principles uh, that um, came up in, 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 a, in a personal challenge and just really, really insightful. So I want to say thank you to the three of you, but also uh, praise the Lord. This has been a really good study. And hopefully this, if this has been a, a blessing to you guys out there, we want to hear your comments and just share it on social media or by smoke smoke signal on how you have been blessed. Uh, I've been uh, the privilege to travel to many places and I just want to say a quick hi to all of you guys in, in the Philippines and in Malaysia and in Singapore <laughs> and Indonesia. Uh, we have a huge viewer watch your base out there through social media and through our videos there. And you guys have sent your encouragement and you guys are studying the Bible study guides. By the way, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go to inversebible.org and look up Jesus and Liberty and study along with us. So I'll stop talking, but I want to just say hi to you all out there. And we're going to go to Matthew chapter 13 and uh, Siku, can you read from verse 20, where should we read? 24 and up to whenever you feel like it. All right, verse 24. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the, to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Okay, let's stop there. Let's go to, let's skip to verse 36. And seek you if you can pick up verse 36. Sure. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. 
And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. All right. Thank you. Um, Israel, Like, the, tell us about this parable. <laughs> <laughs> it is a parable about wheat and yes. tares. Wheat and tares. As, as uh, Siegel was reading this, I was getting a justification for my own garden. You know? <laughs> let them grow together. <laughs> it's like, let know, the weeds grow. My wife sends me out to go weed the garden. I said, let the, let the, let the tares grow. And then at the end, we will, um, we will, we will separate them. You know? yeah. So when you walk into my garden, it is wheat and tares. <laughs> so just a note out there that this is a, an egregious usage of scripture to for self-interest. And this is not what really we're promoting here at Inverse. Um, so it give is, us a proper yeah, interpretation yeah. of scripture. Yeah. So what is happening is I, the question is being asked, why is it that good and bad people both exist in the yeah. world? It's a pretty core parable. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and, and the answer is that God should take people that are anti him hmm. and immediately delete them out of, you know, the face of the earth. But God says, no, there's a time at the end of the age when this will happen. And there's a reason why God allows sometimes why he allows the wheat and the tares to grow. And that's because if you were to eliminate the the tares, if you were to take all the bad people out of the world all at once, it would also have an impact on the righteous people mm. um, that do not understand yet the extent of the story. And so God in his wisdom says, let these come forth at the same time, and then there will be a time when there will be a clean delineation between both classes of people when there is the full maturity of the plant. What is it in human nature that wants to take the tares out? Mm. I think it has to do with self-justification. Um, we How? we like to feel good about ourselves. We like to feel like we're in the right. We have the truth. We mm. are in the, in, we, we are the correct ones. Mm-hmm. And and so out of various reasons, we want those who disagree with us, who are not in the same. I mean, you know, I'm exaggerating a little little bit here. But <laughs> if there was no like, uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> more boundaries, we may we would probably just take ourselves each other out because we want our way and not other people's ways mm-hmm. on a, on a very fundamental, broken, sinful level. Mm-hmm. And, it, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, I, I, uh, well, you, you done? <laughs> no, that's fine. She <laughs> <laughs> totally interrupted. Are you done? But um, I think, like, I, I guess because because you're saying a fundamental, like, corrupt way, but I feel like um, there's. Uh, maybe there's a good reason why we feel that way, like our sense of justice and Mm -hmm. what should be right and right being established. Granted, we are skewed in what that right is and think that we are right, but at the core it's that we want want truth to triumph, we want justice to prevail. Um, And what I see in the parable is Jesus saying that... you you may want truth to prevail and you want it's not that the wheat and tears shouldn't be separated that is correct mm-hmm. but the problem is you are short-sighted yes. right and you don't 
there are things that you don't see. You are not the one who is capable of doing mm. that. So we're limited, we're limited in our ability to execute mm. that thing that we want to see. And I think that thing is not necessarily wrong mm-hmm. because ultimately they will be separated. But the problem is that we're not, we don't possess the ability to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and and the timing isn't right. And, you know, so we have all these limitations, which mean that we shouldn't be the ones doing it. Mm-hmm. I think maybe I don't, this is not part of the parable, but I don't, I know, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. But the other nuance kind of piggybacking on your insight is that the God is in the process of converting tares to be weeds, yes. right. you know. So we may see weeds in our garden and we want to take them out because these weeds have no potential to become the crop. But when you're talking about people and souls, we're all on this, you know, journey together that the God is working on that person. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's premature to, to pull that person out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And we don't know when that is. And the other assumption is we think we're the wheat too. Yeah. That whereas we may we, we may be, be on the, we might be the tears. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't have that. We don't have that moral insight into mm. people's hearts, and we don't see their future potential. So like God is saying, hey, hold hold on. Like mm-hmm. I will deal with justice. Will prevail. I will bring judgment. There will be you know m- moral uh, evaluation of all these things. But it's not your responsibility. To, to bring final judgment on a person. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have to, to learn to, to deal with each other, which is what we're talking about today. But um, uh, on, on this fundamental level, that's God's role. That's mm-hmm. his responsibility and not human's responsibility. And this is where we see today in, 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 in a variety of groups trying to be that, take on that role and like get rid of this group, get rid of that group, you know, uh, tra- taking on a role that really is uh, a privilege only to God. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, when the society resorts to assassinations is the ultimate form of this, yes. right? And in North America in the 1960s, all sorts of leaders were getting assassinated. When the political rhetoric was getting so high and mm. so tense that, hey, I mean, when Jesus says hatred is murder, that's the ultimate fruit of it, right? I hate you so much that you need to be eliminated from the face of the earth and then, you know, pop of assassination. Um, yeah, you know, what actually, as you were just saying that, what strikes me is even if you look at some of, um, sometimes I'll look at like the YouTube videos about judges executing judgment on people that have committed just horrible crimes. Yeah. And, 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 you watch those shows? Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, some of the words that they use, these judges, you know, like you are no longer fit mm. to live in society, society yeah. and you will spend the rest of your days, you know, whatever, whatever, may God have mercy on your soul. What kind of shows are you watching? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, it's on YouTube. Um, okay. And, and the, the, um, my point with that is that even... Even within our best judicial systems, yeah. there are elements of humanness. Yeah. You, can never, you can never separate your humanity even from your, ju- your job mm-hmm. as a judge. You're affected by it, right? Mm-hmm. Because in, some of these crimes are so horrible. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I love what you were saying, Siku. It just kind of blew my mind away. It literally, literally, <laughs> it's that we are unqualified as human beings to execute yeah. ultimate judgment we just don't have it it's not exactly god does not allow us uh it's god god doesn't allow us to do it not because he doesn't want us to do it but just we're not fit we're not capable of yeah. doing mm. that and what i love about this parable if if we can go back to the very beginning of it in verse 24 yep. it is the owner of the field that is the one that is planting the seed. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's critical to understand. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the servants that planted the seeds. It was the owner of the field that planted the seeds. Mm-hmm. 
The other thing that strikes me is that the owner of the field, when the servants come to him and they say, man, you have uh, uh, tares that are growing into this, it's it's important for us to understand that the owner is not surprised by what has happened. Mm-hmm. The owner knows immediately from the very, very beginning, the owner knows why the problem exists. Yes. Now, the servants don't know why the problem exists. Yes. You know, they're like, they just see the problem, but they don't know why it has existed. Yeah. The owner does not need someone to explain to him why the problem exists. He immediately knows an enemy has done this. Yes. The owner also has a plan for how he's going to deal with the problem. Mm-hmm. Now, in this case, the servants also have a plan, mm-hmm. right? Even though, and, and this is what's crazy. The servants have a plan for how to solve a problem that they do not know how, uh, okay. you know, its origination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and we, as human beings, as servants, yeah, and we think this is great. Right. It's like, look, we don't know how this problem originated, but we have answers for this problem. <laughs> we are incredibly intelligent. We are geniuses. With all of human philosophy and yeah, ideologies exactly. and what all the all the blah, blah, blah for 6,000 yeah. years. And hmm. here, whereas you have someone who knows the problem, has yeah. a plan for the problem. Mm-hmm. And we say you're not qualified to yeah. solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think many times this is kind of like a perfect representation of how we interact in the world today. Mm. We have problems for how we are going to solve political issues mm-hmm. that we ourselves are a part of. Mm-hmm. We are disqualified to solve these problems. We don't know really the origin of these problems. And yet we think we have better answers than God does. Yeah. And so I think this is actually a very, very fitting parable of what happens in today's society and and the difference between how God functions and how we function. Yeah. God knows the problem. He has a plan to solve the problem. We don't know the problem. We have a problem to solve. We have a way to solve the problem. But yeah. naturally what's going to happen, we will make things worse, mm-hmm. right? While yeah. we uproot the tares, we will also uproot the wheat. Yeah. And God says, the owner says, no, there's a time and a place to do that. But you have to trust me that I will and, do that. And finally, sorry, I know Jonathan needs to say something here, but no, real quick, the final thing is that who we think we are in this parable will ultimately determine how we respond. Mm. The servants, knowing that they are servants, mm-hmm. recognize that the master has a plan and they surrender to the master. Mm. And so whenever we seek to solve the problems of this world, we are essentially saying we're not the servants, we are the owners. Mm-hmm. What I think is powerful here, and I really appreciate what you're sharing there, is that God is does not want to uproot you know, the, the bad and destroy the good while doing so. He doesn't want that collateral damage. On the other hand, humans have no problem with collateral damage. They're like, mm. well, we're going to do this. We want to we do something That's good or righteous. Um, how much collateral damage? Well, we can live with this amount and then we'll do it, mm. whatever it's a war or some kind of political activity, whatever it is. Mm. Uh, we're okay with that. We, we, we have insurance. We can, we, have, we, can, we can make up for that or find another way to, to deal with it. But we're okay with this damage. And God says, I don't want collateral damage. Mm. I want everyone to have an opportunity. And so he, 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 he does you know, what he can to help us and help the tares mm-hmm. you know, uh, to become wheat and to become part of his kingdom. And that is a profound difference in the way God engages with humanity, broken humanity, compared to how humans engage with you know, situations where they think, as Israel said, they have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Just on a, on a Siku, if I can, uh, on, a, on, a, on a very simple level, I think this, this, this parable is so core 
Uh, in verse 28, Israel brought out, in verse 28, he had said to them, an enemy has mm-hmm. done this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just in understanding the universe and why why evil exists, um, there's so many times where I've talked to non-believers or non-Christians. Uh, I talked to a Muslim friend of mine. He asked me, according to your worldview, why, why does evil exist? And just introducing the story as an enemy existing changes yes. the the parameters of the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are many Christians out there and many non-Christians who don't believe that there is an enemy and that in the mind of God, he has allowed all these bad things to happen. It's all calculate, calculated. And then, and then the question of collateral damage comes mm-hmm. about. How does God work that out? Mm-hmm. And it's really the the impetus is on him to like, yeah, why do you, why are you evil? Is really a lot of question, uh, a lot of people are asking about without saying it that was they're afraid. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but the fact that he says an enemy has done this. And then, and secondly, these, these uh, servants, which ultimately are, are the, are the angels, right? The existence of other entities out there in the world, other aliens, other, uh, I joke, but I'm just trying to bring them closer mm-hmm. rather than these ethereal whatnots. They are other beings just like us, and they're watching how, how the enemy and how God plays this out. Mm-hmm. I mean, just we're not even getting into the, the issues, just the characters in the play mm-hmm. itself, the roster before the play even starts, just looking at who the characters are, already determines what kind of story this is. Mm-hmm. And, and this helps a lot with, because um, we were talking about how do we deal with people who disagree with us or have different opinions, especially mm-hmm. in the context of, you know, Christianity, truth mm-hmm. versus, you know, mm-hmm. confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, as we look at people who, who may not agree with what we believe in, we have to understand that they are not the enemy. Mm. There is an enemy who has done who is the to enemy? them, mm-hmm. you know, Satan, mm-hmm. who has done something to all of us. Mm-hmm. And some of us have been privileged to, to know the gospel. But who we would call the enemy is not really the enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are... They are people who God wants to save, and we need to be able to to learn to see the difference between mm-hmm. that. Because, like, just because someone disagrees with you, it does not mean they are your enemy. Yeah. And even the enemy, enemy, the real enemy, yes. who disagreed with God. Yes, God doesn't say what you disagreed with me, and no, he, does, he doesn't do that. He's we we're we're in the six thousand whatever ten thousand year thing that we're in, whatever narrative you're in, that you believe that that God's. Dealing with this yes. real time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Sorry, we're feeding off of each other. And, and, and. Mine, mine kind of backtracks to Israel Com- okay. Israel's coalition. <laughs> yeah. um, but the thing that really struck me as he was speaking and as I was reading the just reading the parable was um, the word trust. Mm-hmm. Like getting to that place where you're allowing the trusting, owner, trusting, trusting God, when trusting you're allowing the, allowing the one who sowed the seed, uh-huh. the owner of the field, yep. allowing him to do what he does, yep. like allowing him to do his thing to deal with what the he enemy. has planted and to deal with the enemy, to deal with the whole situation mm-hmm. takes trust, right? Mm-hmm. To let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the thing that hits me with, um, you, you said we're talking about dealing with dissenters, interacting with people who have different perspective than us, sometimes who have an antagonistic perspective even, mm-hmm. um, what the what it takes for us to be able to relate in a way that is sound with the character of God is mm-hmm. a trust in God mm-hmm. to trust him to be the one who ultimately will take care of the situation without that trust it becomes impossible to deal with that you know that irresistible urge to handle the situation mm-hmm. but knowing that God is in control that God 
knew before I even realized that there was a problem. God has known this all along. He has made a plan. This is why Jesus came just and putting our trust in God to be the one who, who handles it mm-hmm. changes the way that we interact with those we disagree with. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. at a, like bringing it home, like in our church, you know, um, environments or in our workplaces, mm-hmm. it changes the way that we interact with people who see the world differently and sometimes even antagonistically to us. It should. It, it does if we are putting our trust in God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then the person who is being antagonistic to me because they see the world a different way, like firstly, they're not the enemy. <laughs> like an enemy has done this. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, I don't need to solve it. Yeah. Like God has a plan for this yeah. and I can put my trust in God that he's going to resolve it. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, uh, I mean, our, our churches are micro microcosms of, of heaven or should be <laughs> our, our, our homes, our families should be microcosms of, of heaven. I mean, but when's the last time you fought with your spouse? Oh, your, I never or your, with him. <laughs> I always just. Oh, he fights with you. <laughs> uh, or your children. And, mm. you know, it's one thing to sit at this round table and to have these wonderful microphones and be like, yeah, I and mean, it's the enemy. And then, right. But then you go home and I'm like, I'm not, when I'm fighting with my spouse, I'm not saying an enemy hath done this. Yeah. I'm like, you're the enemy. <laughs> you're, thou enemy has thou, done You are an enemy <laughs> and I will win this because it's not about trusting God. It's about, I need to win this argument because it's mm. about, you know, there's, it's just so easy to switch on and off, mm-hmm. uh, but to be mindful of this narrative that that's at this table right now, always, that's hard. We weren't having a fight, but we were having a very heated discussion with my husband. Listen, <laughs> uh, we're not your children. <laughs> and um, we actually we were, we were talking about this because when we had our premarital counseling all those years ago, yeah, one of the probably one of the, one of the most helpful tips that we got was when you when you face a situation um, that brings up a lot of emotion. It's important to remember between the two of you that the, your spouse is not the problem. Mm. You need to take the problem and put it out there. Mm-hmm. And then you are a team working to resolve problem this problem. Yeah. That's and like, that was like super helpful. And so we were remind we were recently reminding each other of that that hey, like an enemy has done this. An enemy has done this. Mm. So like how do we come together mm-hmm. to tackle the problem that's out there? Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise it becomes we're fighting each other. Mm-hmm. So it really I mean it makes a huge difference in our mm-hmm interpersonal relationships to realize that God wants to transform all the tears into mm-hmm. wheat, right? Yeah. Um, this is, God is all about sowing good seed. Mm-hmm. And anytime there is bad seed, and um, you, you mentioned in our churches, but I'm thinking like even in the workplace where it's not necessarily even a Christian environment, you know, I'm dealing with people who are like not religious. Mm-hmm. Uh, not I am dealing with, a person may Justin's be dealing with. Justin's religious, <laughs> An individual may be dealing with <laughs> humans who are not religious, though I deal with wonderful Christians all the time. Um, but realizing that in those situations, even then that when there's contention, even in the workplace, uh-huh. An enemy is sowing seeds of mm. of discontent, mm-hmm. of you know, f- antagonism, yeah. um, and that changes the way that we handle situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate it. it's very practical. To, yeah, you mm-hmm. put the problem out there. It's not, the spouse is not the enemy; that the other person. Uh, I think uh, another way, also, or in addition to that, what helps me is to always remember how God treats me um, when I am, you know, at the center. When I'm walking away from Him, His grace and His love. 
and how patient he is with me. So like, mm. there are situations where I feel like you know I'm I'm handling the other person with so much grace and love, and I'm I'm Jesus to them, and they're just not. There's no like they're not responding in a positive way. Jesus dealt with that all the time, and he deals with us all the time where he's all this love and we're not responding. Uh, but that's where you know patience comes in as well, mm-hmm. and 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 again and being able to let go and let hey god god is working mm-hmm. it's not my work it's not my responsibility to yeah. to be the judge uh and uh, but it can be you know inside of us we're like ah oh, yeah. like, that's where you just have to go into prayer i'm like okay lord mm-hmm. it's yours that's powerful jonathan was, you, you mentioned all the time uh, i think all i think many christians i don't say all christians all, many christians mm-hmm. we do that we will put on Jesus and we're like, all right, Jesus time. And then we do the Jesus thing. I'm like, Jesus time isn't working. It's not <laughs> working. Found a bench, Jesus. So, okay, it's Jesus time. It goes off and like, okay, enemy tactic, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we, and so it's really, it's, it's not the temporary uh, Jesus yeah. that we are. It's all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then even, even, I think it would, even if it means losing the situation yes. mm-hmm. that we want to win uh, and and we want truth to prevail in the un Christ like way, yeah. but Christ was like we need to do this Christ like way, even if it means I lose. Yeah, because in the larger run, I mean, he wins in the end. But I mean, we just that that that's a the, that's the, hard to surrender. The enemy tactics may produce like an immediate. Win. result and win that we want but the long-term goal so uh, is being ruined mm-hmm. and and so it's so important to keep that long-term goal the salvation of the other individual mm-hmm. in mind yeah and because this you know it actually goes exactly with what the parable is saying first mm-hmm. of all i made a mistake we're, we're not the angels that we're the we're the we're the wheat yeah but, but we get the application yeah. of what you're yeah, saying yeah, thank you <laughs> so um something you know our perspective is really comes into place here if we yep. think that winning and losing is based on the elimination of the tares mm-hmm. you know then we're going to think oh let's eliminate them right now right but that's not the goal that jesus has he's not trying to eliminate the tares he's trying to harvest the wheat mm-hmm. and um and i think that it is impossible now for us to determine victories and losses because mm-hmm. he says victories and losses take place at the end of the age mm. And so the fact that we have these wow. fights thinking that I'm going to win right now, mm-hmm. it's a misunderstanding of who God is and what the great wow. controversy is all about. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think what this boils down to for me is I need to understand who I am. You know, I'm not the servant. I'm not the uh, owner. Mm-hmm. I'm not the seed sower. Mm-hmm. I am simply and purely a plant. Mm-hmm. My job is not to kick the other plant that is too close to me out. My plant, my job is just to produce the fruit, mm. the fruit of the spirit in my life, mm. and then leave everything else to the servants and leave everything else to Dude, the God. owner. Mm-hmm. That is so profound. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I mean, I really appreciate you sharing that because, like, that to have a redefinition in my mind of what is a victory and what is a loss, just kind of throw that out. And just like forget about that. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. I think God, with the help of Holy Spirit, He can help us to, to, to learn where we come to a place where, like Jesus, we're unfaced by these things. I'm like Jesus is walking into you know death, and mm-hmm. He's unfaced in the sense that He's He's willing and He's mm-hmm. able to do this. I think He He can produce that in us as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know He's a long way to go with me, so I need a lot of prayer. Yeah, and same same with me, and same I know for Israel, He needs prayer. And uh, Siku, we know she's she's. <laughs> She's far more along than we are. 
Israel's garden uh, too. Uh, <laughs> How many of you out there are tares and you want to say, Lord, convert me, make me a new creation, make me into wheat. How many of you are wheat, but you're not very fruitful and you want to ask the Lord for a multiple hundredfold harvest? Uh, let's just trust the Lord in this and see how he does in dealing with dissenters, whether they be out in society, online, or in your own families. We all need the grace of God. That's my prayer and for our table here. Hopefully that's our prayer for you out there. Uh, Join us as we look at uh, more principles on religious liberty and Jesus here on Inverse. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, This is Inverse.